Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is your host, Brian Wallace, with the Next Action Podcast. Getting ready to slow things down for the end of the year and all that. Before we do that, though, we've got some more things to say with some great guests. And today's guest will not disappoint. Let me introduce you to my buddy, Chris Ronzio. Chris is the founder and CEO of Trainual, a leading SaaS company that helps fast-growing businesses automate their onboarding and training by documenting every process, policy, and procedure in one simple, searchable, teachable system. After helping hundreds of entrepreneurs create scalable systems and processes with his consulting firm that he started in 2013 called Organize Chaos, Chris developed a passion for helping business leaders find the time to do more of what they love by providing a way to document and delegate what they do. Chris is the host of the Process Makes Perfect, gotta love that name, podcast, author of 100 Hacks to Improve Your Business, and Inc. Magazine contributor with a column called The Process Playbook. That's a heck of a lot of stuff and quite an intro. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. Nice to close out the year with you. We're, I know we're not on video, but I, I do have my ugly Christmas sweater on, so everyone's missing out. Well, I was out. counting on that. Every It's a given, right? Everybody's <laughs> got their rocking their ugly sweaters out there. So, hey, as you know, this is a 15-minute show, and just talking about all your praises is already two minutes in. So let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, And I feel like a lot of different personas and archetypes, we have all sorts of different kinds of people on the show. Today, we're going to be talking quite a bit about scale and specifically through SaaS kinds of companies. So let's dive into a little bit about how you've been able to scale video production to, is this right? Over 300 people, huh? Yeah. So that was my first business. Started when I was 14. Wow. Uh, I was the camera operator, the editor, the salesperson, everything like most people are. But little by little through high school, through college, after college, we brought on over 300 camera operators, did events in all 50 states. And it was a pretty cool experience. That's kind of insane, dude. And I feel like entrepreneurs, they kind of have different levels of what their comfort zone is and what they can actually handle, right? So everybody can kind of be a starving solopreneur, freelancer, subject matter expert, but then it takes some other soft skills and the ability to sell and the ability to present and be well-rounded and you know really have that whole other dimension of who you are out to the world. And then you know you hire your first person, second, three. So you got your yourself crying poor in the basement, then you got your two to five and five to 10, and then you hit 20, then maybe you get up to 30, 40, 50. And then I think a lot of like small businesses kind of cap out at 50 or a hundred, but 300, like, how did you deal with all that? Well, you know, it was different markets. We had videos mm. going on or events going on in all different states. And so we'd contract crews in each of those markets. We'd train them on our process for showing up at an event. We had checklists and standard operating procedures for everything. And then as we grew, as we took on more markets, we needed more camera operators. We needed more sales managers. We needed more editors and production managers. Managers. Um, but once we had done it, once we had the recipe for what one of those roles looked like, it was much easier to copy and paste and scale the 
business. I think where a lot of people get stuck is that they never fully flush out the difference between those roles to be able to scale. Right. And a lot of people just think that that's busy work and, oh, it can't be documented at all. It's just my magic, the secret sauce, whatever. And that's kind of a lie because everything can be broken into its component parts. So I definitely hear that. So I know that you said that was your first business. And at 14, that's kind of amazing also. So let's talk about the transitional point, right? So at some point, you're like, all right, I'm done with this. I want to do something else. What was that moment like? When did you know it was time? Because if you have 300 people, obviously it's making some money. So why did you even want to step away with it? And what was that moment like? Well, so the the business was doing a lot of small events. And so we had crews around the country doing these small events and everybody was kind of part time or, you know, they, we, we didn't have full time events going in every market. So there was this one time toward the end of the year, about this time of year. And a crew canceled on an event in L.A. uh, about eight hours before the production. I had to drive from Arizona, where I live, all the way out there because we couldn't get a replacement crew. And then I'm sitting there in this freezing ice rink looking around and thinking, is this what I want to do forever? And I think that was the moment for me where I said, you know, this has been an incredible education I've learned so much. I've met great people. I've built something of value. I've made good money. But I don't see myself doing it long term. And at that point, you got to make a decision. So uh, the first thing I did was train my director of operations to be president of the company so I could get out day to day. And when I did that, it freed up some time to start consulting, which became my next So basically business. scarred for life, never going back to any ice skating, huh? Got it. <laughs> my no, my my wife is a, was an ice skater. Oh my my brother's wife is an ice skater. So we we got all the best Amazing. stuff we could get. And yeah. um, <laughs> so the transition, and it's important. People don't realize this, but grooming for the next gen- generation, next step of the business, is so important. So did your director kind of really take yeah. to it? Did that work? Did it have to shut down? Kind of curious how that went. Yeah, so he took over for the next about year and a half, and I was able to step out as just an owner, took myself off payroll, treated it like a, like an asset, like a business I owned. And then we had an opportunity to sell the, the contracts we had to a competitor and to sell off our IP to our biggest customers. So it became this kind of hybrid asset sale, um, which was the best thing for That's the business tremendous. at that time. And because you didn't have a bunch of full-time people... Um, I'm not sure how that worked out with everybody else that was a part of the business, but it sounds like overall that was quite a success. Yeah. And they transitioned to working with the other company. That was, you know, we had built this directory of trained people that we also handed off. And doing right by everybody is always a a fabulous thing for sure. I'm glad to hear that part, (laughs) not to be skipped over. Okay. So now we're at the point of transitioning into small business consulting. So that's totally different. And that's more of you again, right? Not 300 people in an army. So how'd that go? Right. Back to me. So it went from, you know, crews of people lugging equipment and boxes and rental trucks and all this around the country to just me with a laptop and a briefcase. And it was liberating. So the the insight was that all the lessons from the video company 
were industry agnostic. They applied everywhere, hiring people, training people, um, you know, having software, remote tools that you can access from anywhere. Those types of things I did in my business were things other entrepreneurs wanted to plug into theirs. And so it was amazing how I could instantly monetize that knowledge and, and do the consulting. So it was just me for a couple of years. And then I started hiring project managers and assistants and and uh, developers and, and people that could put the the software into place, implement things. And that kind of dipped my toe into software, which is where I've ended up yep. most recently. And that's a whole other world. And I think this is really where we get to the point of scaling. It's pretty difficult to do small business consulting en masse and really perfectly and to scale. No matter how many project managers you have, there's so much of that human touch. Not everything's totally repeatable. I totally get it. Um, so yeah, this was really kind of your first foray into software, huh? So how did that go? Yeah. 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 So, but I think it's important. Well, it's important to note, I think that the, the thread through all of this was, you know, I got the experience training people, creating systems to get all of the, uh, camera operators up to speed in different markets, people I'd never met before. Um, we could get up, up and running and work an event. And then when I started consulting, I saw the the importance of of that of training your people, the clarity of people's roles and responsibilities, and how important that is. The the you want your team to know what expectations you have of them, so you can hold them accountable. And then this thing I kept hearing was that every small business wanted, you know, a playbook or a you know a three ring binder like the the manual for their business that if someday they wanted to sell, mm -hmm. they could hand that off to somebody. Or if they couldn't work one day, if there was a health emergency, like that was their biggest concern. How do I keep this thing going without me? And the way most people were dealing with that was, you know, a Google, a blank Google Doc or a Word Doc. And, and so that's where I saw this opportunity that there's got to be some business tool for getting your teams up to speed, you know, for, for teaching your best practices. And we had dabbled in software a little, and, and that's where the idea of So tell for us a little bit from. more about that, because like you said, everybody just thinks they're going to live forever and all this, and oh, I'll just write everything down in a Google Doc, and you can read my mind. There's so much more to it, right? So how does this differ from that <laughs> yeah. kind of sloppy approach where people think they've got it covered, and really they're just checking a box, right? Well, the biggest thing is if you're using documents, at least you're doing something. Fair Most point. people do Fair nothing. Point. So I don't want to take anything away from someone that's done something. But what you don't have is any sort of accountability of have they read this? Have they seen the newest version? Do they understand this? And unless you're a huge enterprise company with a department to manage your training or learning or people, um, you don't put resources into this. And and so it's just this. there's a big gap between enterprise and a small business, but you still all need to communicate effectively to your teams what they do. And so to me, it's it's roles, responsibilities, management, and it's training on how do you do this thing? Because if you can't train someone, then you can't ever grow in your business, whether you're the owner or any position in the business. If you can't empower someone else to do what you do today, then you can't take on anything new tomorrow. Yeah, it's you never get to fly. And if capacity. you're the visionary, if you're the leader, if you're pushing the market forward, that's what everybody needs you for. So don't get bogged down in the details when, like I said, you're just right. kind of looking at it as a bucket list item as opposed to, like you said, more of the enterprise has unlocked because they have whole training and learning and development, usually kind of falling under maybe an HR kind of sector. 
um, yeah, so many small businesses, it's just so cobbled together or like you said, Chris, not even put together at all, right? So uh, let's use the the tail end of this <laughs> right. to talk more about SaaS, more about scale, because that is so different from all the other businesses along your journey. What's that been like? And I think I was, when we were talking yes. before, you're in over a hundred countries now. There aren't that many more than that in the world. So kudos to you, man. So yeah. tell us about scale, how that's been, what <laughs> you learned, you. what you wish maybe you could have told yourself yeah, so in the beginning, right? The, the biggest shift for me is I always thought of myself as an operations guy. You know, I loved getting in the nitty gritty and building out tools and setting up the newest software. And what I didn't love or didn't ever embrace was marketing. And so I always thought it was something I could outsource, something I could, you know, just get word of mouth referrals. And that's really what powered my consulting business. The biggest difference from that into Trainual, a SaaS product, a product we're selling, a subscription product, is an understanding of customer acquisition. And so we went so deep into what's the messaging that resonates with our customer? How do we get this into a digital format on different channels? How do we get people to click through and sign up a trial? What's the cost of every trial? What percentage of trials convert into paid accounts? And then how long do those paid accounts last? And that funnel right there, that understanding is something I wish I knew, even in my consulting business, to be able to bring in new customers so in a more So it sounds like you've way. always been the operational guy. And now you're like, oh, that's what marketing's for. You really need either, it has to be both in your head or you have to have other people surrounding you with it. I'm kind of the opposite, right? So if you like the Myers-Briggs stuff, I'm the ENTP visionary guy, whatever you think of those things. But I love being the visionary and the marketer. And I really like, if I have to do like everything in accounting or HR or whatever, it drives me insane. So we're kind of different players, probably very complimentary. Maybe we'll, in all our spare time, we'll, yeah, we'll start <laughs> another company. So a um, great team. Yeah, it, but it's one side cannot exist without the other. So what are you guys doing? I feel firmly, and lots of people say this, every company is a media company. So what do you do to get out there, Chris? Now that you've kind of seen the light and all us marketers have converted you over to the dark side, what do you do to get the word out there from a personal branding perspective, other evangelists inside and outside your company and for the brand? How's that really been helping to scale? Because it's not just the nuts and bolts and customer acquisition numbers, but really making a name for you versus other things out there. Yeah, the one thing that differentiates a business or a person from another business or another person is their brand and the perception in the market of that person. So I think, you know, people can copy your features, they can copy your product, but they can't copy you and what makes you unique. And so we invest a ton in this. You know, people would be surprised to know we currently today have a product team of four people and a marketing team of five people. And we're a software product, but we have a full-time videographer in-house. We have a full-time PR manager in-house. We have a full-time person working on content and a full-time person working on partnerships and collaborations with other brands. And I think you have to put that attention into putting out content That's every the right day answer, man. and being <laughs> you know, in front of your you're audience. You're going to get crap from me if you didn't. Listen, so it looks like we've hit the 15 minute. So <laughs> been a pleasure. Tell everybody where they can find you and your company out there. So Trainual is just trainual.com. You can check that out. And I am Chris Ronzio on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, <laughs> and every Thank other platform, again. TikTok, wherever you want to find me. <laughs> Thanks again.